Welcome to the LVR Podcast, a podcast designed for Australian mortgage brokers made by brokers. We're here to help answer your questions with solid industry answers. Learning, validation, and respect. Now, here's your hosts, Ruan Berger and Marissa Schultz. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the LVR podcast with Marissa and Rowan. And today we have a special guest. We've got Jane Council, who is a career and leadership coach and also the co founder of Thrive for Women. And today we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw it in there. Jane, welcome. Welcome, Jane. <laughs> Thank you and welcome. Today we're talking about a very special topic that, as many of you know, is close to my heart, which is about recruiting and retaining women in the finance and mortgage broking industries. And Jane is quite the specialist in the area and has worked with many women, um, has also co-founded Thrive for Women, which we'll talk a little bit more about, and is working with the MFAA on some really great women initiatives to try and boost the number of females in the industry. So we're really excited to have Jane along with us today to hear from her. Welcome, Jane. Thank you. Thank you both for the opportunity. And uh, always great to talk about something that I'm incredibly passionate about as well. Awesome. Well, let's just get started. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what we need to do to increase the number of women that we're attracting to the industry. Obviously, the recent statistics have been quite upsetting to show that we're not doing well in this space and the finance and mortgage breaking industry is not representative of the community that we serve. There is a very low percentage of females in our industry and it doesn't seem to be improving. Love to get your thoughts on what you think are causing the issues and what we need to do to change that moving forward. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting thing that we're seeing because on the one hand, we know from all the research that I've been doing with the uh, Opportunities for Women program, which you referenced earlier, Marissa, with the MFAA, that there's so many factors about working in this industry that are highly appealing to women. You know, things like you know, flexible working, the ability to run one's own business and the nature of the work that we do as brokers are things that are really, really appealing. But we also know at the same time that we've seen the largest fall of representation of women uh, ever since the MFAA has been actually capturing the data. So it's now sitting at 25.6% of the total market. So on the one hand, we know there's so much that women love about this industry, but the biggest challenge we've got right now is is, is around retention. Um, and look, how long's a piece of string? There's so many things we could talk about today. But the one thing I would say in terms of solutions is that you know, diversity is what I call a wicked problem, right? And and wicked problems require wicked solutions. And we're not going to get change in this industry around female representation if we keep pushing out tame solutions and we don't try new and innovative things. So I think for me, I think the biggest opportunity for this this industry is is, is, is a couple of things. I think we need to think about, um, you know, what we celebrate as success in the industry um, because I think we won't see a major shift in retention and, and attraction for women in the industry if we only focus uh, on monetary and financial success. And that's by no means not saying that women don't make amazing brokers because we know that they do. But we know what women value when they're working in this industry is quite different. And I think that's one thing I would say. Um, I think we also need to think about more innovative solutions in attracting women into the industry, but also in retaining them. And I know, Marissa, you've certainly been interested for a long time in looking at different pathways 
uh, into the industry. Um, that's certainly a big opportunity that I see. I think we also, look, we also, if I can be brutally honest, we also need to stop just talking about it and thinking that it's a, a women's issue to solve. Um, mm. I see that this is an industry issue. Yeah. And I still think that we've seen some great progress. We've seen some great awareness around what the barriers are um, to getting women into the industry, what the barriers are to keeping them. But I still see a lot of talking. Um, and I think, yeah. you know, we need to move the dial around trying different things, you know, and, and really prioritising this as an industry opportunity. So, Jane, I'm just going to jump in there. And thank you so much for joining the LVR podcast. This is um, why Marissa and I started this was always going to be to try and get these real nutcracker moments, these moments that defines who we are and why we do what we do and what we all can do to make it a better industry for all, so to speak, um, and for all diversity for that point to note. But uh, but I just wanted to ask, you said there's more that can be done. In your opinion, well, if you had to choose three things today, what would be the three things that you would go, if I was to have the power invested in me, these are the first three things I would do? Tough question to just keep it to three. <laughs> Top three. Um, look, look, I, think, I think one of the biggest things that would make a difference in this industry, and we are starting to see some of this, yeah. is men, male leaders actively getting involved in finding solutions. And I want to call out someone who's just done some great work recently who, who was inspired by a conversation he witnessed that I had at a, at a conference that he was at in Ruin. I think you were at the same conference. Yeah. Darren Little, the CEO yeah. from Smart Move Professional. Now, yeah. he, is a, he is a guy that would openly say if he thought that he could bring a, a female broker into his business to work part-time five or ten years ago, he said, I, I would have said we couldn't make it happen. Yeah. But he's just actively in the last six months recruited for a female broker to join his team and work part-time. And she's just graduated from their, their broker academy mm. program. And he said the thing that's made it critical for him is just thinking differently about finding solutions. So, so that's just one example of one of our male leaders in this industry taking an yeah. initiative to do something, think, something different. So I think getting more men in finding solutions, I think a bit of innovation and some courage around taking greater, greater you know, trying different things and take mm. a great, greater risk around doing things differently. Um, and I, I think the third one for me is, is, is actually making this a strategic priority because mm. I think there's so much lost opportunity in this industry right now because we don't have more women and more diversity working as brokers. Mm. And it's such a shame because from what I've seen and really from what the data shows as well is that women make amazing mortgage brokers and generally perform really, really well for the amount of hours that they can invest in their business. Their output is is generally really high. So, um, you know, women have that extra empathy. Uh, no offence, Ruan, and no offence to the males listening, but women do make great mortgage brokers and can really resonate with clients really well and that's definitely been my experience. So it is a real shame that businesses are missing out on the opportunity of uh, having women in their team that can add that extra element that they're currently missing. So the point you make around productivity is a really proven one, Marissa. Actually, what the research shows you is that women working in part-time or flexible roles are actually Australia's most productive workers, right? Because mm. they've got to make it work for a whole range of reasons. So I think that there's a massive lost opportunity around continued evolution and, and innovation in this industry because on the other side, as customers, they also, as we all know, 
uh, represent most of the decisions that are make, being made in households around finances. Absolutely. For us, I think that we've got a great momentum off the back of the Royal Commission where you know, the monumental failure of banks to look after their customers has really swung the pendulum in mm. the direction of, of brokers. But if we keep focusing on only building transactional relationships rather than building a deep relationship of trust and respect with our diverse customer base, I think it's a massive lost opportunity for this industry. So that point around we really need to make it a strategic priority. I know there's been so many distractions, so much disruption in the last three or four years. So I think if we don't start to focus on this as a strategic priority for the industry, move beyond just talking about it, move beyond just about being aware of the challenges and actually start to do things differently, I see a lost opportunity. So, Joan, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, just purely because these moments, I mean, we can be as passionate as we want to be about it, but it's just where someone sits and how they think about things. It's fair to say it's what we don't know, which is currently causing the holdback, so to speak, because I, I for one, look at South Africa and you can look at different things and cultures and affirmative action, all the different things. And for me, I just pay attention to these things from the point of view. It is a bit grassroots. We've got to look at it. Where, where do we start, like you said? But it's does anyone know at this stage how would we go about doing it? Because do, do we have a little bit of a mud map or anything that anyone has put to the market and gone, this is how you can do it? You know, we talk about the client experience and we say this is what how it looks. It works this way, that way, and the other. Do we have something like that, that for so, the market so guess, that can help? Yes, yeah, so I guess that's what the Opportunities for Women initiative is trying to do with the MSAA is to mm. actually identify opportunities, showcase best, best practices in the industry around what people are doing in this space. You know, find the, the Darren Littles of the, of the world yeah. who are actually trying different things in their business and making it a strategic priority and saying, okay, what can I learn from that? What can I do differently? Um, you know, and, and just really being prepared to recognise that actually it's some of the small things that we're not doing yeah. that will that, that is the place to start. So I think one of the biggest changes we've seen in this industry over the last you know five or six years since we've been doing the opportunities for women research is that to your point, Ruan, it's, it's closing the perception gaps between men and women about the differences in experiences. Yeah. Um, that's raised a lot of awareness about the impact of things like unconscious stereotypes about gender roles yeah. um, and, and, and women still being seen as primary carers at home and how that impacts on, on businesses and how that impacts in how they, 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 they are in, their, in the industry. But we also see a, a bit of bias still around valuing women as business owners in this industry. Yeah. And it brings me back to the point that I made around what we value as an industry. and. Yeah. Historically, it's always been around who's writing the biggest volumes, who's making the most money, and I get it, but it's that's not the thing that women see as successful, right? And we need to start to change some of the thinking around that. And I can tell you that I've had female brokers come to me and say to me, um, I've reached out to some of the coaches in our industry, and they won't coach me because I'm not writing enough volume. <laughs> they haven't spoken to me. <laughs> I'm sure it's not you, but there, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is that there's the subtle signals that we send in those kind of conversations. You know, there's the subtle signals that we send around, you know, putting a panel of speakers up at an industry event and having one female yeah. or having a female speak at an event and giving her 10 minutes when you're giving your male speakers an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Those subtle signals are all about saying, do we really value you 
in the same way as I value a mail broker in this industry. Mm. So I think there's some more that we can all, to your point, think about around, yes, there's the piece we do on the, the re- recruitment and the retention, but there's also the piece that we all individually do around what subtle signals am I sending to women in this industry about seeing them as my equal. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the example you gave of Darren Little with the part-time female broker is a really interesting one because I've felt for a long time that one of the big perception changes that really needs to change to make a real dent in this and uh, change the way that the stats are showing up is that we need to change the perception that only full-time brokers can be successful in this industry. We need to make room for part-time brokers um, and that is going to help us to attract and retain women because uh, then it will open up the opportunities for women that don't want to work full-time and that, and that do want to work part-time. Um, and I think that that's really going to have to be driven by business owners to create the opportunity and the support structure within their business that can support a part-time broker so that when that part-time broker is not working, there is still a support structure within the office that is supporting that broker's clients to provide a holistic solution to a client that's not sort of an around-the-clock requirement for, for a broker. And I think that's really one of the keys from my perspective that would make a real shift and attract and retain a lot more females to the industry. Yeah. Do you agree, Jane? 100%, Marissa, and that's what Darren Little actually said, mm. is that what was critical to making that work was actually empowering his team of brokers to work like a community. Yes. With, yeah. you know, with the right structure and support. So they backed each other up. Yeah. They but- had each other's back. But guys, is it fair to say, is it, is it I just, and again, I'll look at a business like that, which is quite a substantial business for a smaller business. Is it up to us as industry leaders one way or another, or influencers, if you like, that um, need to try and help these businesses understand a little bit better how this can work? Because, you know, when you're in this broking businesses and you are the smaller businesses, it is a little bit head down, bum up, you know. It's There's so much going on around you in respect of your client base and everything. It's a, a business, a sizable business, I believe, has got an opportunity to go and oh. test these things and get it right, where a smaller businesses, with which we have many in our industry, it's how many hours is in the day for you to really understand, comprehend, and then implement such a process. And you've probably hit the nail on the head, Ruan, is that that's probably the problem. The problem is that we've got so many small one or two man businesses in this industry that they don't actually have time to invest in training a female who's only going to be working part-time and then supporting that female when they're not working. They're only looking for that full-timer that can be self-sufficient, I guess. Yeah, but Marissa, I think it goes a little bit further. It's not even just the training, it's the not knowing how to. And Jane, I would love to know your opinion here because I, I look at it and go, well, you know what you know and you don't know what you don't know. If there was a bit like you think of how we got taught to do lending, there was a mud map for us. This is what you've mm. got to do. You know, there's five C's of credit. It's, you know, these mm. are the five C's you've got to do. So, uh, and it becomes almost easier because you now know, well, let's learn the five C's first. Capacity, capital, yeah. character, conditions, collateral, away we go. Because I really do feel we mm. are talking a lot about it, but I think the gap is still the knowing how this may look, so to speak. So I think you both make valid points and the challenges around, you know, those smaller broker businesses where it's, you know, a very small team. 
Well, I think, and I'm going to give my own little business a plug here, Thrive for Women, what, what's also been missing in the industry is a community where women can come together, yeah. where women can support each other across those different small businesses, where women can like think about, you know, we might be females in, a, in the same aggregation group uh, running small businesses, but how do we actually support each other in, in those times where, you know, we can, we can have each other's, I mean, I know brokers who've gone on um, leave, for example, and they have a broker who steps in and looks after their book who might be actually working in their own business, mm. right? So I think, Ruan, I think there's a lot of initiatives there. I think, I think um, I can tell you from all the years I've been working in this, we can have a mud mat, we can have a process, we can have a plan, yeah. but you've also got to have a willingness to change and you've also got to have a willingness as a, as a business owner and as an industry to actually do things differently that you might not get an investment on straight away. Yeah. So I think that, that the second side of the coin is to say, let's create the support mechanisms, let's create the community, but let's also, as business owners and leaders in this industry, have a willingness to try different things. Because there is a lot, from what I can see over the last 12 months especially, there do seem to be a lot of um, female lead propositions, like there is a lot of awards or different things going, which clearly gives exposure, clearly takes the time to, to acknowledge. But like you said, these things, that's a small portion or a small part of what we need to address, isn't it? Absolutely. And I, I can tell you, some of the females that I've been coaching at Thrive for Women are right, have, have months where they're writing, you know, $20 million a month up there with the best of the industry, right? Mm-hmm. So we know that there are amazing women working in this industry. Yeah. But it's, it's, for me, it's holistic, right? I talked about this. It's a, it's a wicked problem. Yeah. So, you know, throwing together um, an initiative that's about getting women to talk about the problems and, and coming together is not going to be enough to solve mm. for, for, for representation in this industry. Mm. We need to do a lot more around genuine change around initiatives, around things like pathway programs into the industry, you know, things like getting out there and talking to kids and you know, to young women in schools before they're even making their decisions about career prospects, for example. I love example. what you say there. That's grassroots. That's yeah. what that's I believe. Grassroots. That's where we need right. to start and where we need to pay attention because that, before you realise it, we've, we've created change. We've created better outcomes. I, I've always thought that that's one of the big opportunities because at the moment we're attracting women during their childbearing years or at the time when they're generally between 30 and 40 when they've you know when they've got a young family when it is actually the most difficult time for them to invest in their career if we can start to get women at a much younger age Mm. from you know school leavers uh, uni leavers and actually get them trained and, you know, get them active in the industry before they go off and start their families, then we have a much higher chance of retaining them long-term, I believe. But that's also the most challenging time to retain them, Marissa, when they go off and have families. So I, I, I think you're both right in that regard, starting with grassroots and getting the interest in the industry, but I will say that it is both a retention and an attraction proposition. Mm. No point bringing females into this industry if we're still losing them at higher numbers of men if they're not able to stay in the industry for a whole range of reasons, if we're not treating them as equals, if we're not valuing um, their success and valuing that for for many female brokers in this industry, it's not just about how much I'm writing. Mm. It's about I love the work that I do. I love making my customers happy. I love that I can work my my business in around my lifestyle. And yes, we know at times for working parents, it doesn't always feel flexible. 
but they love having control over the, the time and the energy that they put into their business. And, and that's something we really need to keep valuing in this industry. Absolutely. Well, that's been wonderful, Jane. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great to have your thoughts and contributions to the podcast today. Agreed. And there's a lot more we could discuss about this topic. It's an area that we all need to be invested in in fixing and it's an area that would improve our industry greatly if we all invest yeah. time and effort into it. And just to our listeners, um, if you don't mind, Marissa, I just wanted to share, guys, if you send an email to info at successandbroker.com.au and there's any questions for us to on this topic, um, we can easily bring Jane back on because I think this is what this LVR podcast is all about. It's having those conversations for, you know, the learning, the validation, the respect and understanding this industry that is so good to all of us, how we all need to give back and how we all need to pay it forward. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we had to cut Jane short to fit into the podcast time that we had today, but it might be interesting to get her back to talk about the factors that are causing women to leave because we didn't really get to touch on that today. And that would be really interesting to see from the stats, what are the factors that are causing women to leave the industry and how can we fix those? I would be more than happy to come back on and chat and and answer any questions because I I think if we if we all can solve for this, then we're all we're all better off as an industry in the longer yeah, term. Agreed. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today again, Jane. Thank you to our wonderful audience for joining us. If you have any topics you'd like us to cover, please send us an email. And if you have anyone that you think will find this useful, share this podcast with them and please subscribe. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks. Bye. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for listening to the LVR podcast. We hope you gained massive value from today's episode. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Success and Broker and The Broker Journal, driving broker routines and behaviors for better client outcomes. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'd appreciate if you gave us a five-star review. That way, it'll help others who would value this content too. We'll join you in the next episode.